to another edition Thank of you. Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice. That's Catherine Rubino. We're joined as usual by Chris Williams. How's everybody Howdy. doing? Doing good. You don't sound great, though. I have to, I mean, I don't want to be critical. I mean, I do, but let's <laughs> say that I don't. Uh, and, and just say that you don't sound your normal, enthusiastic self. Son yeah. Of uh, uh, yes. Son of a bitch. I had uh, a minor surgery this morning. Yikes. Uh, it was one of those outpatient-y things. They were like, oh, no, you can even take yourself home. It's no big deal. Uh, and what I'm learning is there's really no such thing as minor surgery <laughs> because it really, really hurts. But, you know, the show needs to go on. That is some dedication right here to the podcast lifestyle. I mean, these, these sound clips aren't going to play themselves. You know, <laughs> one might say that's even a benefit. <laughs> I don't know about that. I just want yep. everyone to know uh, Joe is the only person that is here today fighting through struggle. My, I forgot to put my laundry in the dryer, so huh? I had to do that again this morning. So, mm. you know, we all have our, our hard At least you, you, you caught it before it. Uh, like sometimes they can get mildewy if you let it sit too long. That's always which, the worst. Which I don't get. Like, isn't it? A, oh. I, I thought it was a clean environment. It just got washed. Why is there yeah. growth now? I've. I don't understand it. Well, it's not like airtight in there, right? Like it's it's just like a lid. It's not like true, but like if if it's just like airborne stuff in my kitchen, why doesn't my kitchen smell like that? Well, because there's it's if you if you let something if you had like a washcloth on your like counter overnight, it probably would be. Yeah. Like oh, you ever do okay. that? Like like not clean your washcloths and they smell they smell yeah, weird. Yeah, it's the it's the I mean, it's the moisture yeah. and the it's, yeah, it's the fact that it's damp. Okay. Not a great I mean, word. My watch calls usually dry. So uh, this is an exciting science episode <laughs> uh, that we've got going here. Life How was hacks, your uh, President's Day weekend, Chris? Do I remember anything? It was good. It was good. Yeah. Oh, I played a lot of God of War 4. Yes, God you of did. War you 4. That was your talk last week, too. So yes, it was. Game's but now, still going? Now <laughs> I'm playing on the hardest difficulty. And Ooh. as the French say, I'm getting my ass beat. Like, yeah, all the all the other encounters i was like oh this is cool i'm kratos i'm good now just like oh you just got beaten by a small child for the fifth time you're not as good as you thought <laughs> so it's Amazing. been very humbling very humbling what about you joe did you do anything fun not particularly uh just kind of prepped for having this thing done so yeah this surgical this procedure. surgical procedure mm-hmm. yeah not the show I was going to say, I mean, I, I, mean, yeah, this, I spent the whole is this, weekend is this prepping you prepared? for the show. Is this you prepared? Because wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's super. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's where we are. Uh, okay. I booked a girl's trip to Dollywood. Dollywood. Ooh. I'm going this summer. I'm very excited. I mean, now that she met with the loss of Betty White, she is now our queen. So I guess that's. I mean, obviously, which sense. is why when I made the suggestion, it was like a, a you know group chat group of, of my friends and people were throwing out different locales. And I was like, hold the phone. I have the answer. <laughs> it is Dollywood. And I was obviously right about that one. Shouts out to Dolly Parton. I didn't expect to say that today, but it is true in my heart. She's close right next to the left ventricle. Uh, I also want to visit, um, what is it? Prince's estate. I was in, I think I was in Minneapolis. Oh yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Minneapolis. Mm. Yeah. Minneapolis didn't get to go. Cause it was like a, like a layover. But one of these days I want to go see the purple one's crib just for nice. posterity's sake. That does sound like a pretty fun endeavor. I think yeah. I was supposed to go to Minneapolis, like during what is now just our lost years of COVID. I had originally had a Minneapolis trip planned and 
it's not happening, obviously, but yeah, isn't there is there something coming up? I think there's something coming up there. I think that there's a debate meeting that you yeah, might be going to. I think Ooh. that we have to go to anyway, whatever. Um yeah, obviously. Oh. Yeah. Speaking of travel trips, very soon we're going to what is it, the legal week thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, New York. Yeah, and uh, York I already week. got I already got a, a nice email because if you've if you've read my work, first off, I'm sorry, and secondly, <laughs> in my bio, I'm doing what all people should be doing. I shit on St. Louis, and one of the people that's going to be at the event is from St. Louis. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, <laughs> and I'm Several. like, of course you'd read that. <laughs> but yeah, I got somebody somebody um offered to buy me a coffee because of it. So. Nice. If you're listening to this, just shit on whatever places you don't like. Maybe you'll get a free drink. Fair <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a good point. I'll share my calendar with all of you of meetings that are uh, scheduled so that you can see them. Anyway. Legal week will be fun. Yeah, well, I'm doing I'm doing the back-to-back duty because ABA Tech Show is immediately before Legal Week, which seems like a ridiculous thing to have two tech shows back-to-back, but Legal Week was supposed to be Earlier January, in the year. Right. You're January, yeah. February, right? Is normally uh, when it is. Yeah. And then COVID happened and they pushed it back. So now it's back to back with ABA Tech Show. So, yeah. So the entire legal tech journal community is going to fly to Chicago, then turn right around and fly back. And, well, you know. Uh, yeah. Listen, if Omicron didn't get you. Yeah. All right. Well, with that done, I think we're, I think we can move on to our topic, I guess. <laughs> concluding small talk and now we can move on to uh, a more exciting topic which is davis polk finally uh gave some races really long that was yeah can you get shorten it that was too long you know okay i don't i think we're losing we're losing track of the 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 plot here which is the davis polk (laughs) yes 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 they announced raises (laughs) salary raises yes Uh, and they not only matched the Millbank scale they came over the top as we kind of speculated they might at least for i think it's second years and above is that fourth year fourth years yeah fourth years and above so junior associates shit out of luck still get the same 215 starting and but for more senior folks there's an added little uh bump in there I feel like there's a bank rolling over Millbank pun there somewhere. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, my assumption it. is, my assumption is we'll hear from Millbank that they're matching this within uh, maybe even before the episode comes out. Uh, I <laughs> hey, think maybe a little longer than that, but yes, I, I, I think do the think the firm expected this. I think that they are aware that it was a distinct possibility. I think that they are comfortable matching whatever the number shit shakes out to be but even though they did not set the full scale for everyone i think it's super important that millbank were the ones who started the ball rolling yeah and uh, that's appears to be their role in the you know biosphere of big law every every reaction needs a catalyst you know Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah yeah, they're the catalyst that's that's the role they're the catalyst yeah and I feel like I don't I don't know enough about science to continue this, but uh, <laughs> on our science podcast, <laughs> obviously, uh, uh, Davis Polk is the one who kind of like is like, no, no, we're going to go over the top or whatever. And then Cravath kind of blesses it. And then, you know, we're all done. We, we've still not heard from Cravath. We have we'll not. See. As of this, as of the recording, who knows by the That's time true. it's published tomorrow. But, you know, could they could absolutely make different moves. But the lengthy delay between Milbank's announcement and Davis Polk taking action. Right, it's uh, about a, a little over a month. Yeah, was was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of us expect, uh, a lot of us viewed the situation as a, you know, a, a standoff with Cravath over who was going to make the first move. I think a lot of us expected a match at least, but the del- as the delay went on and on, we started wondering if somebody was going to do some sort of over-the-top thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, frankly, I 
I think I've said this on the show before, I expected the scale to be matched because that's a locked in amount and then maybe another round of bonuses or something mm-hmm. to, you know, to compete in the lateral market head to heads up with Millbank, but not necessarily lock yourselves into the future. But the firm did. And yeah, and and it, this is this is not an unexpected uh, or unheard of move where the junior associates kind of just get a match, but the mid to senior level associates, I think it was what two thousand and sixteen, no mm-hmm. two thousand, no two thousand eighteen, two thousand eighteen. That's what Cravath did. That I believe. So it's it's a thing that happens. You know, I I think that the re part of the reason behind it is because of, you know, I've said it, what, 17 million times, but hot lateral market, uh, in particular for those mid-level senior associates. So if you want them to stay put, you better be offering them the very top of the market. It's, it's interesting. And obviously this is another wrinkle. We're going to see what Cravath does, whether Mm -hmm. they just match this, whether they try to have some sort of bonus or something. Uh, obviously, this feels like we're going to start seeing uh, some loosening on this. Uh, up until now, we've had Millbank uh, matched by some firms, but a lot of firms seem to be in a holding pattern awaiting yep. a, another mover. We now have that other mover, so we'll see where we go from there. Anything else on this topic, do you think? I mean, this is this is, this is is our big money move. Not unexpected. Glad it's finally happening. And let's see, let's see how quickly the, now the rest of the, the, I feel like folks had an excuse before DPW came out with a new scale. They had an excuse to kind of drag their feet. I don't think they have that anymore. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> phone ringing while we're doing the show. We don't have time to pick up that phone. We don't. We, we would really benefit. If somebody would answer the phone for if us. If somebody were there to do that. Ignore, and, yeah, like and offer that service. Yeah. So for that purpose, wow. let's, okay. yeah. let's hear from, mm-hmm. let's hear from let's Tosh. As a lawyer, ever wish you could be in two places at once? You could take a call when you're in court, capture a lead during a meeting. That's where Posh comes in. We're live virtual receptionists who answer and transfer your calls so you never miss an opportunity. And the Posh app lets you control when your receptionist steps in. So if you can't answer, Posh can. And if you've got it, Posh is just a tap away. With Posh, you can save as much as 40% off your current service provider's rates. Start your free trial today at Posh.com. All right. So the the money thing just happened. So that kind of changed up the topics we were going to talk about. Uh, you revisited an old friend this week. Want to tell us about Paul Davis and what he's like, up to? I was like, did I? I thought, I thought you were talking about something fun. I was like, are we back to small talk again? How weird. <laughs> no, uh, didn't you didn't hear a trumpet. You'd have known because there would have been a cue. No, you usually wait till I start talking and then you interrupt me with the trumpet. Fair. I don't. I, that, no, no. Chris, Chris agrees. Okay. <laughs> Cavalcade of clowns. Yeah. Cavalcade of clowns. Uh, Paul Davis, yes. Uh, he uh, is an attorney. He is a former associate general counsel at an insurance company. He was fired when he went on social media to be like, on January 6th, and being, was all part of the insurrection. Uh, he has not been arrested for any crimes or anything like that. But when he was fired from his job as uh, associate general counsel, he um, then started his own practice. And part of that was filing a bunch a lawsuit against, uh, I think it was like every elected official that's literally ever been, ever been. And like also Bill Gates or something like that. Uh, 
and uh, challenging the results of the 2020 election. Uh, That was when he very famously made um, some Hobbit law. I'm not mispronouncing that. I mean like J.R.R. Tolkien, Return of the King, Gondor Has No King references in in actual real filings that he signed and put in court. Like this is is the thing that happened. Anyway, so uh, he had an interview uh, at Business Insider where, uh, I mean, I had a, had a, have some generous amounts of salt while reading it. Uh, it seemed designed to garner sympathy. He talked about losing everything. His fiance um, wound up leaving him uh, after it was, he, he, I mean, it wasn't like somebody like outed him. He was the one who went on social media and was like, I'm doing this, right? Whatever. Uh, but when he got a lot of attention for it, he wound up losing his fiance, he wound up losing his house, lost his job, obviously we've already discussed. Also, he said that some friends distanced themselves from him, which, you know, if I had known him, you know, I mean, whatever. But he's saying how like terrible like things have been because he tried to overturn the results of a free and fair election. So, you know, thing, thing that did not work out great for him. So he has this interview trying to be like, you know, things were terrible. And all I could say is like, I mean, such are the consequences, the natural and logical consequences of our own actions. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's important to, you know, view people with some degree of sympathy. But I think what we are going to see at this point are a lot of those folks, especially the ones who were directly involved in January 6th and are facing actual criminal penalties, uh, coming out of the woodwork with their sob stories, Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, is just going to happen. Uh, Take them with as you said, the boulders of salt yeah. that I mean, listen, need to. I have sympathy for lots of folks who were involved in January 6th, the people who felt like they were being literally attacked, the Capitol Police who had to sort of defend our literal institutions of government. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the people who who were injured, who were hurt, that I have tons of sympathy for. Uh, people who, who voluntarily participated in this, uh, you know, they're further down on my list, let's just say. Yeah. And when I have a finite amount of sympathy... They, they are a little bit further down on the list. But I don't know. That's my, that's my perspective. And do with it what you will. Yeah. No, so it, it is interesting. So somebody, I, I just can't believe anybody was able to get him to do an interview, but which then suggests that this is very much part of a rehabilitation tour almost. Yeah, and, and obviously, you know, that is a well-worn play for folks who um, have had some, you know, questionable PR in, the, in their lives or questionable moves that have finally been brought to light, right? You know, I wrote extensively about uh, Judge Alex Kaczynski's rehabilitation tour. We remember he resigned after sexual misconduct allegations. There were a lot of them. Uh, and he, he resigned. And, you know, I think was about a year or so later, you saw big law firms taking him out to dinner, uh, you know, buying tables for him and his, you know, whatever, or, you know, appearing at an event as a keynote speaker or, you know, signing some uh, pro bono filings and stuff like that. And I think it's all designed to make us all forget the bad parts of, and, and I'm always going to, I'm, every time I write about judge Alex Kaczynski, I'll be like, who resigned in disgrace, right? Resigned in disgrace friends. Yeah, no, so... Never forget. I mean, obviously, I don't want to, like, minimize anything, but also, you have to be ever vigilant when people are trying to actively make you forget about the things that they've done. Yeah, the... Question, are you going to do it just for his stuff, or are you going to do a um, MacArthur to be burned thing and just do it for every single post? Like, hey, new raises, (laughs) resigned in By the way, Alex Kaczynski resigned in disgrace. No, just when when they mention him uh, is what I've done, certainly, 
But, you know, I think that that, you know, he listen, he was a federal judge, uh, the appellate court, right, for the Ninth Circuit. He was well respected uh, by both sides of the aisle. Right. Which is, you know, a whole thing. And, a a literal know. above the law all star, really, yeah. like an yeah, yeah, early yeah. In the early iterations of our website uh spent a lot of time throwing adulations on Judge Kaczynski and you know and he was a supporter of, of yeah. before our time but he was a big supporter of the website uh and and mm-hmm. gave it credibility you know yeah so yeah yeah for sure but but that doesn't mean that you know oh, correct it doesn't mean I'm not going to write about sexual harassment of a federal by a federal judge and I think that if I, this is not saying that you know no one ever gets a second chance or second acts or not are impossible by any stretch of the imagination, but when your only sort of acknowledgement of of your misdeeds is to say like oh well, but now I'm doing here's the new here's my new act. Don't you want to f- just cover that without any sort of you know meaningful apology or action, acts of service to kind of demonstrate that you understand what you did that was wrong? No, I have no time for that. That's the thing with second acts. They actually, you know, are part of the same play. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't get to just reboot the entire first right. act in the second act, right, you know? Right, Exactly. And, you know, that's that's certainly how I come out on this issue. But so, I, I, I read, read that Paul Davis article along a similar vein where I was like, I, I don't know. He says that he actually, Paul Davis in the interview said he regrets nothing, that this has led him to his, he talks very openly about his second act as, you know, now I think he um, has a bunch of clients of folks that are trying to resist uh, vaccine mandates and masking requirements and that kind of stuff. You of know, course. it's exactly what you would imagine for somebody who was involved in in January 6th. So, so yeah, so there, there was that. I guess we should... Real quick, uh, one thing that made some news last week is there was another Voting Rights Act case. Uh, in this instance, it was a trial judge, a federal district court judge, who decided to determine that Section 2 doesn't doesn't work anymore. More specifically, that only the DOJ is allowed to pursue Section 2 violations. Uh, this is a conclusion that is contradicts Supreme Court precedent, but his take on it was, it put aside the substance for a second, which is obviously important. But the takeaway uh, for me, the, the thing that was so shocking to me was the conclusion where he basically said, I, I understand that this is contrary to decades of precedent, and I'm going to overturn it. And if, uh, if appellate courts disagree with me, then they can they could fix it. And that's not how the um, the order of operations goes. Sure. Sure. Uh, you know, it's really interesting. So the morning after this, it came out in the evening, I believe, right, the decision. Uh, the morning after, I was actually doing one of my uh, Jabot, uh, my other podcast, an, an interview with an actual uh, voting rights expert, uh, right. Gilda Daniels. She's a professor at the University of Baltimore School of Law. And she wrote a book about uh, Uncounted, uh, the Crisis of Voter Suppression. And she, I was like, so <laughs> how has your morning been after? <laughs> you know, and I, I think that, that right now, I think, voting rights experts are some of the hardest workers in legal academia. And, uh, you know, we are all poorer because of it, right? <laughs> the fact that this continues, we are seeing the constant chipping away of these foundational rights is deeply disturbing. Yeah. So this, uh, this, I mean, yeah, it, for me, it was just the audacity of, of reversing the order of operations. So, yeah, mm-hmm. like abstracted out of the, gravity of this substance. Nothing could work like this. If trial judges were the ones who said, I'm overruling things, 
and if the onus is on the appellate level to fix it, that would be backwards. The, the, the status quo, the burden should be that the existing law stays, and if somebody wants to change that, they can raise it up the ladder. Right, that like changes not only sort of the very conception of our system, of our legal system, but it also changes sort of the, if, if, if this becomes the way people do things, that district court judges do things going forward, that vastly changes the amount, uh, the, the, the caseload that appellate courts are going to face. Well, yeah. Um, right. Like this, this really disrupts stuff in a, in a, not like a tech guy, cutesy disruption is awesome. Kind you've, of heard, you've heard of circuit splits. Have you heard of district <laughs> splits? Yeah. It, it's, I mean, just like, like that, that this is chaos. Yeah. This is chaos. Well, and that was my takeaway was that because and the reason I did this is obviously it's not that I don't think that the Voting Rights Act uh, issues aren't gravely serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are. I just, you know, we all have lanes and other people were writing very good articles about the seriousness of the substance of what he did. So sure. I focused on the procedural issue, which I think is also really troubling because if we've reached a point where these folks believe that their district court job allows them to rewrite things, uh, shift the burden of, you know, the burden of persuasion on these issues uh, to change the law radically at the district level and then hand it over to appellate courts to reverse that. That's just pure chaos. Listen, I don't necessarily want to sound like a Civ Pro fanboy, but like, you know, that is- I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> That's also cool. But it's true that there are uh, substantive rights that are protected or chipped away at by the way we treat procedure, right? Like yeah. these are these are very much related issues. And yes, I think you're right that, you know, other folks are writing quite eloquently about the way that we are chipping away at voting rights of this country in very troubling ways. But I think that the way in which folks are also using procedure to make sure that it's easier for more people to continue to chip away at substantive rights is also the story. It really drives home that the the tenor of people that have gotten these jobs recently genuinely believe that they are life-tenured legislators and they can do whatever they want, which is dangerous. Uh, the, we've also saw this, uh, you know, we talked the other day about the chief justice having problems with the shadow docket voting rights case because he felt that you don't get to have a freebie election. Uh, but that's that's functionally the same thing, uh, mm-hmm. although at least that was a Supreme Court who is in the appropriate place on right. the ladder to right. make those sorts of decisions. But the premise is the same, that you don't allow the law to be changed in the interim and then ask questions later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the onus should always be on maintaining the status quo before you make a radical change. Uh, this destabilizes everything. And now, obviously, they are going to, right now, they're limiting that to the issues that you know are their hobby horses, but it becomes real difficult to have much confidence in the legal system at all when these things get uh, get flipped like this. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well. Wait, y'all had confidence this whole time? <laughs> well, not oh, the yeah, whole I, th- time. I thought we were past that threshold a couple <laughs> years ago. No, I mean, kidding aside, though, yeah, in that, uh, you know, we have uh, we have big issues with big ticket political issues. But uh, I genuinely trust that uh, if I'm a bank who has a contract with another bank and we get in a dispute over it, you know, there's 
that's going to get settled by the litigation system in a reasonable way. And now I don't know as though I can really trust that. Uh, the, yeah, you cannot. <laughs> these judges have decided that they have powers that they never used to. And uh, who knows what happens now? To your point, like what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that for the rich and powerful in this country, the system did work. And now <laughs> I don't even know if it works for them. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, not true. shedding tons of tears on that, but, you know, it is part of a, a functioning system that you can trust that your agreements will be honored. But alas, well, I think that's uh, that's pretty much all we got for this week, unless anybody has any other thoughts to toss out there. No, I'm pretty done. All right. Well, cool. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You should be subscribed to the show. You should be downloading it, it when it comes out. Uh, that's why you should subscribe. Sorry. Uh, you should be leaving reviews, not just stars, but write something. Kind of that engagement helps. You should be checking out other shows. She's on the Jabot. I am a panelist on the Legal Tech Week Journalist Roundtable uh, talking about legal tech stuff, uh, which we will be doing a lot of with a couple of shows coming up uh, right around the corner, as we said. Uh, you should check out other shows on the Legal Talk Network. You should be reading above the law, as always, to hear to see these and other stories. You can follow us on social media. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One. She puts up her finger, the numeral one. Uh, he's at Rights for Rent. Uh, you should be, what else? Uh, check out uh, Posh, uh, our sponsors for this show. And peace. That's everything. All right. Yeah. We'll check in next week. See you next week. Bye.